What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another SSPN Summer League Spurs recap. So this one's going to be a little bit more disappointing, not just because the Spurs built up a big lead in the second quarter, you know, doing better than they did against the Cavs in the second quarter. Um, but unfortunately, the same thing continued to start the third quarter, which was the Spurs slowing down and eventually giving up their lead. It took a long time. They had around a 15-point lead, I believe, at halftime. Um, may have been a little bit less than that, but hung around at around 9 to 12 points for a while throughout the third quarter. Then the Warriors really made their run late in the third, got it close. It was close the entirety of the fourth. And then eventually, Mac McClung and Jonathan Kuminga, Mac McClung had 22 points, Jonathan Kuminga had 28, ended up getting the dub. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this game, just the whole big picture before I go ahead and get in to the rest of the stats here, which I'll have down here below on the ticker. Y'all can see, um, but just a really disappointing game. Obviously it's just summer league at the end of the day and you had to play James Wiseman as well. And even though he played in spot minutes, he definitely made uh, an impact for sure. And it was like, okay, there's just nothing really our roster can do in regards to him and his talent. It was just a unique situation, obviously, uh, with him getting drafted with injuries and then having to deal with that. Similar to Joel Embiid, that's the only reason he's playing Summer League right now. But, man, y'all, I can't talk about this game without talking about the officiating in the fourth quarter. Obviously, I'm a Spurs fan, but like, Jonathan Kuminga was complaining so much like every I mean, it was LeBron level complaining just he's getting tapped and, and then he's complaining about Primo running into him. And I'm not even mad about that. The issue that I have is after he like mocks Primo for, you know, putting his shoulder into him, creating the contact, which the NBA said that they fixed before last season. And obviously, as we've seen this year and continuing in summer league, that has not changed at all. You can still create contact as a player and, and get a foul. Um, but that's besides the point. He was complaining about that and then proceeded to do it continually like after that and was getting the calls and was complaining every time he didn't get a call. If you watch that game full through in the last six minutes of that game, you can tell that things change. There are also a lot of Warriors fans in the building. Also, I just noticed I put 14 rebounds uh, for Darius Days on the ticker here. It's actually 13. So a little bit of a mistype there on the numbers. But going back to the game, you could just totally see there was a shift in the officiating. I think it might have had a little to do with the Warriors fans there. I think the refs were also partially just tired of hearing from Kuminga. Um, but it was just unfortunate timing for the Spurs. With that being said, that is not an excuse for the Spurs in this game. Uh, and the young cats at the end of the day, um, they really were playing a sloppy game and the Warriors were just playing even more sloppy. And Darius Days and Blake Wesley had had some scoring bursts that was really keeping them on top. And they were also winning the rebounding battle by a lot. I want to say that at the end, uh, the rebounding battle. So if you look at the Spurs, they had 49, still won that by 11. The Warriors made a little bit uh, of a comeback later in the second half to catch up with that, but still 38. So 49 to 38 at one point, it was 37 to 25. And that was when they still had the lead and they still won the rebounding battle, but it wasn't enough at the end of the day because Josh Primo shot two for 16, I believe two for 15, excuse me. And Malachi Branham shot one for six, Jordan Hall, three for nine. Um, basically everybody except for Darius Days and Blake Wesley could find the 
the bucket at some point tonight. And those guys still didn't even have the best shooting night. Blake Wesley, seven for 20. Uh, Darius Days, five for 11. Obviously, you know, uh, in comparison to the other guys, when you look up and see that they have 22 points and 17 points respectively, um, definitely showed up a lot more. But I'm with my man Mansley right here. A little bit of the Draymond influence. <laughs> it, it, it happened. That's a that's a great way to put it. I guess Kuminga learned from the best, right? So that was just annoying, though, because I don't know how much y'all have listened to this regardless. I mean, you're obviously SSPN fans if you're here, but I cover high school basketball. I also cover a little college basketball. And the thing that I've really learned from my job at the San Marcos Daily Record and talking with one of my other coworkers who played D3 basketball is a lot of the officiating like problems, they're consistent. Like they're the same problems at every single level. And, you know, you don't really think that whenever you're watching these NBA games, but like, man, like the way that like a player complaining or the crowd complaining can impact, you know, whether it's an AAU game, a critical high school district game or a freaking summer league game, like you can just, you can see it happen at every level. So that's my little rant about that there, but let's get into the Spurs and breaking down our guys here. So not the best game from Josh Primo or Malachi Branham. Um, but the one thing I want to tell you about Dominic Barlow, who's also listed on here, and I did the typo on the assist down there as well. Um, but Dominic Barlow actually had a really good game. If you just look at the stats and you didn't watch four points, five rebounds, eh, he had two blocks. But a lot of that was on uh, our man, James Wiseman. There was one where it was a straight up post up and he was able to force a miss on a hook attempt. And he's two inches smaller than him and about 20 pounds lighter than him. So I really think that Dominic Barlow did a good job holding his own against James Wiseman. Um, he was matched up against him for the most part. There are a couple times, uh, I believe only like really once or twice where he got him. And there were other times where maybe the switching on defense, he got on a smaller guy, was able to hit a step back three. There was the lob to start the game. So there really wasn't much you could do about that. But like overall, I felt like he was a little bit more controlled, still had a dropped pass late that was crucial from Primo. It's a great full court pass from Primo in crunch time that would have allowed them to tie things up. Couldn't hold on to it. So, you know, some things that, you know, I, I mentioned last time at Overtime Elite, there's there's a lot of things that you can benefit from that. But I think there are some limitations uh, to some things. And you just might see a little bit more sloppiness, I would say. And that's not even to hate on Overtime Elite. That's just kind of my perspective um, from what I'm seeing from Dom Barlow. But a really talented player was able to hit a three today. I believe it, they might have said it was on the line. They did, but it was a deep uh, two. Um, was able to get the boards. Those two blocks uh, were crucial. Those were in the post. Um, I believe one of them was on Wiseman. So he just held his own against a very talented player for the most part and seemed more controlled from the last game. Really, you know, a lot of the stuff that he did in this game was off the stat sheet, setting screens. Um, I know it doesn't look like he had the most amount of rebounds, but he was active, you know, in tipping them out or, or just being around the post. I felt like he improved personally from the Cavs game. So love to see that and love, just want to reiterate, I love signing him on that two-way deal. But let's talk about Josh Primo. So two for 15 today, just wasn't able to get it going. You thought, okay, maybe in the fourth, he'll turn up and it'll be a repeat of the Cavs game. Just couldn't get it going at all. His his shot was off today. There was one time where he drew a foul on a three and missed the first two free throws. Let me see if his free throw numbers. It was something wild. It, five for nine from the three point free throw line. So that's actually not as bad as I thought it was. But for Primo, who if you've watched him, you know he's a pure shooter. Like, Yes, he's this performance specifically in these first two summer league games haven't looked the greatest, but if you watch him, you can tell that he has a good shooting stroke. So 
I think that he was a little bit in his own head, uh, just thinking about the misses beforehand. We'll have to see if this continues because I was just talking to my girlfriend who left and it's like, I'm remembering Devin and Devin got injured last year, but y'all remember Devin was like popping off. I want to say he had like 23 points or something before he twisted his ankle, but like it was kind of like Wiseman, right? Like he looked like he shouldn't be out there. They were just sending him out there because they knew like it would just be a good experience for him developmentally to get any minutes and maybe they only play him for a little bit um, and, and then take him out. So that is a little bit concerning. Hopefully he can pop off in some of these other games, but just really not a good performance, not very controlled, uh, only three turnovers, but just really didn't. When he did try to force it, it was there were some turnovers or some passes that were just into like situations that weren't really an opportunity, like that person that he passed it to was going to have to create on their own to make something of it. So it just wasn't, it just really wasn't the greatest performance uh, from Josh Primo tonight, in all honesty. Found a way to contribute with four assists and five boards, but um, not the best shooting night, not the best free throw shooting night. Um, and also got caught a little bit uh, defensively against Mac McClung as well, which I think that Blake Wesley did a much better job of. And so we'll get into Blake Wesley, who is the main bright spot. Him and Darius Days, I'm going to talk about my LSU, my LSU guy here in a little bit, but We'll talk about Blake Wesley to start. 22 points, 5 rebounds, 3 turnovers. His main job tonight was scoring, but he was the only guy who could get a bucket when we needed it. Clutch, like in the clutch, it, yes, there was that last play where he was looking for a foul, I was looking for a foul. It wasn't really a foul, honestly, looking back on it, but the way the game was called in the last 6 minutes that I started off this live stream talking about, it was a foul because they were calling ticky-tack for the last 6 minutes after Kamingo was playing about it, except for the most important play of the game, for the other team, but that's besides the point. The point is Blake Wesley hit a three and he hit a clutch two to tie things up late in the fourth. And he was the only guy showing up. He was the only guy showing up from the beginning. He didn't even have the greatest shooting night, but he kept attacking. And a lot of those misses that he had were blocks in the paint. Like he got blocked. But the thing is like he's penetrating, trying to make something happen, trying to go up and, and get a layup on somebody. Even if he's getting blocked too, the other thing is I think as he grows and gets older, it's ironic that Tony Parker was actually on the broadcast today. We'll get into that a little bit. But if y'all remember about Tony, there'd be a lot of times where he'd drive inside. It's like, oh, he's going for a layoff or excuse me, a layup. And he'd end up running out and passing it to somebody else because he could see while he was driving inside that that would actually be the better play because of the penetration and the attraction, the attraction that he generated from his drive to the rim, right? So that's exactly what Blake Wesley was doing. Even when he was getting blocked, like good things were happening on offense. It was spacing the floor. Yes, he didn't pass, right? <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I think that as he grows and continues to develop, um, those are going to turn into passes and maybe looking a little like uh, TP. But Eric, I appreciate you being in here, my guy. You're saying Wesley conundrum. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily conundrum, like I guess I was talking about, but I was just saying that, you know, he, he did get blocked a lot going to the rim, but at least he's being aggressive. And at the same time, like I was getting to, I think they're going to be, as he progresses in the Spurs uh, developmental system, I think that he's going to end up passing those out and those are going to be open threes, you know, a year from now. Um, obviously very raw, just turned 19, um, but I really liked it. And Jose, yeah, at the end of the day, the refs were not the biggest issue because if Primo scores 10 more points or hits, actually, wait, it was 86 to 85. He hits one more shot, the Spurs win the game. 
I was just pissed because it's like that what happened is something that I see consistently in like all levels of basketball. And it just makes me sad because it's like these dudes should not be like getting this should not be changing the game. But at the end of the day, too, you shouldn't leave it up to the refs. So our guys should have played better. But I don't think that it was on Darius Days and Blake Wesley getting back to Blake Wesley a little bit, you know. Wasn't able to really facilitate too much today, but that really wasn't his role. I know that's kind of what it was like in, in the Cavs game. He had the ball in his hands a little bit more and was running sets. Today, the offense was just not really working. Everybody's shots weren't working, so he was just going to have to try to force it and go to the rim a, a lot of a lot of times. There was even one possession I remember late, uh, not late in the fourth, but like later in the game, right? And like Malachi passed it up. Primo passed it up and Blake Wesley passed it up. And it was just three straight possessions. I believe it ended up turning in or three straight passes where they were trying to create something and they just passed off because they couldn't find anything. And then the shot clock eventually went out and it turned into a travel on an up down. And it was just, it was painful to watch, but it was like, this is, this is why they're playing these summer league minutes so they can learn. Hey, sometimes guys like you guys got to take a shot. Somebody has got to take a shot. And that was the one thing that I liked about Blake Wesley as the game went on. He was like, look, if y'all aren't going to take it, I'm just going to go to the rack. If nobody's going to take charge of this game. And he hit a clutch three and that clutch two that I mentioned earlier to tie it up at 85 late. Um, and then there was a free throw, one of two that the Warriors got, which ended up being the lead because the final game resulted in a turnover pain <sighs> well let's see what our man david delgado has to say so chin sohan would have pissed all the warriors off if you would have played. i hope so man i hope he would have shoved kuminga dude that was so annoying anyways uh, besides the point look uh, jonathan kuminga if you ever listen to this i'm never going to be as good as, at basketball as you are but that game just annoyed me and i'm a spurs fan uh but let's talk about malachi branham so this was another tough one this one i don't i don't look at it the same way as I look at the Primo game because Primo took shots. He just didn't play well. He didn't execute. End of story. For Malachi Branham, he was just kind of playing the role that he played in the Cavs game, you know, off to the side. And then his shots just didn't really fall. He didn't force anything. Um, and he wasn't really, you know, being effective <laughs> throughout the game. He just didn't do much at the end of the day. One for six, one for three from three, three for four from free throws. Just wasn't really able to find his place in the game. I think he found that a little bit more in the Cavs game on Saturday. This one just really wasn't able to do much. You know, was kind of on the sideline, took some shots, but really didn't force the issue. Um, I, I'm not like as mad at it, I guess, because it's like at least you knew you weren't being effective and you weren't just like continuing to force it. But at the same time, Primo has to do that because he's the second year guy. And this was the message was like, you're the leader of this team. I'm sure coming into this, but Blake Wesley was the leader tonight. Um, and another leader was Darius Days. I wish I had a little bit more to say about Malachi. He got another steal. Um, so that's a good sign. I know some people have had some defensive concerns about him, but I, I just don't really have too much to say. I wish Ethan were here. He's also working. I didn't mention that, but if you guys are looking for Ethan, he, he's working tonight, but we're going to get Ethan back. He, he's he's not gone forever. I just want to get this summer league content, content out because – these games are telling us a lot about our young guys, but it's not really looking good right now. But I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Branham, you know, a little bit of a mulligan here just because it's his second game. 
Um, let's see what our man Jose has to say. Malachi's handles aren't that great, and his defense could use some work. Those are his two areas to develop. Yeah, no, he was. That That's some really good insight, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking of some other things to say about him, and as you mentioned that, I remember there were some times where his dribble did get picked. Um, the, that's why I mentioned the steal, too. His defense does need some work, but it was good to see that. And he did that at Ohio State, too, so it's not like he's just a potato out there. He's got some potential. Um, I just think he needs to find his role, and he was more of a ball-nominant player when he was scoring those 20 points at Ohio State late, and now he's kind of having to readjust on the summer league roster to be an off-ball player. Um, I, I'm not making that as an excuse. I'm just saying maybe that's a reason why uh, you know, he could be taking a little bit time to adjust and, and having a little bit of a slow start. Um, but that's really all I have to say uh, about Malachi at this moment. But let's end this off on a good note. And I'm about to have, this is like my campaign speech for signing a player, y'all. And it's Darius Days. Okay, 14 points, 13 rebounds. I mistyped, not 14. Uh, two steals, just one turnover. He was able to hit some threes. He gave Kuminga a good little shove that he deserved after how much he was talking during that game. And then also uh, was just a beast on the boards and was our second leading scorer, was our leading scorer at halftime really was the reason that the Spurs were up the way that they were and was the reason that they were able to stay in the game as long as they did uh, with just really a consistently sloppy second half um, other than the scoring of, of Darius Days and, and Blake Wesley. So here's what I'm saying, y'all. If y'all watch this game, tell me that... like I, I need an argument that Robert Woodard... And, and DJ Stewart's played solid too, hasn't made any mistakes, right? But I need an argument that you're going to sign those two guys over Darius days on, on the two way. And our man Jose also agrees on this one. Yes. Knows how to use his big body, right? Only six, seven, but still for a modern day stretch four two forty, like he's switchable. I watched him. I'm a big LSU fan as many of y'all know. So I watched him through that. And me and Ethan even had a conversation on way back in the day, uh, back in like March or something, we were talking about prospects and specifically LSU because this is when Tari Eason was coming up and he's been playing great for the Rockets in summer league. So all love to Tari. And honestly, he is the better prospect at the end of the day. But back in you know March before Tari had really popped off in the combine and stuff and shown a little bit more of his offensive versatility, um, I felt like Darius Days was the better fit uh, on the Spurs. So our man Mansley, he likes he likes days, says days can be. I believe I think he's just what we need. We need another big. He's versatile. Um, he played, you know, five years in college because of the COVID year, but also stayed at one place. Like he he can be a, an energy and a glue guy for the Spurs. And I think he'd fit the roster and its needs. Um, as well as just being a young guy to bring on. So I would love to sign him to the other two way, have him and Dominic Barlow be our two two-way guys to kind of develop those bigs and maybe he can earn a roster spot moving forward you know obviously that's far out he's just on the summer league roster right now but in these first two games not just this one he has significantly outplayed some of these other dudes um that you know are in the running for that roster spot and are technically like going to be on the training camp roster so i really hope he gets a training camp invite and at worst even if he doesn't get the two-way i really hope we sign him to austin um, and try to develop him. And obviously I'm a little biased being an LSU fan, but I thought that he really meshed well. And I think just being a 6'7", 240 stretch four, that's something the Spurs would need. So that's really all I got to say on this one. Darius Days and Blake Wesley really held the held down the court. Um, and Primo just did not have the bounce back game that I was expecting. Um, we're going to keep watching and, and, and hope that he can have that, you know, 25 point, you know, high scoring game 
to really take over and, and win a game for these guys because that's what we're looking for. Uh, and I'll just answer some other questions here. So Jose says, what do you think of Jordan Hall? Um, I like Jordan Hall. Obviously didn't have the greatest shooting night tonight. He's on an Exhibit 10 deal, so I think he's going to be in Austin. I like that he's 6'8". I like the one steal he had. I really don't see him ever getting significant minutes in San Antonio. Um, but maybe he ends up making the roster somehow with this Exhibit 10 deal like down the line. Like he gets a, a G League contract this year or ends up earning the two-way and then like we sign him on his key to Bates. Like then, you know, he doesn't really play that much. Um, and yeah, so so this was the one downside to to Blake Wesley. As Isaac mentioned, he got blocked five plus times. But the thing was, he was the only one being aggressive. So it's like, that's what I mentioned earlier. I don't know if you just got in here, Isaac. Um, but yeah, it, that that's the downside of it. But at least he showed up in the clutch. I still feel like he showed up uh, more than any of the other, you know, 19-year-old guards that we have um, and really, you know, our rookie class. Obviously, Darius Day showed up a lot, as we mentioned, but Blake Wesley was the guy to show up in the clutch. Um, and at least he was trying to make something happen and getting a shot off because really Primo is getting clamped or missing badly um and you know malachi just really didn't take too many shots and didn't make a lot of them so that is the one thing and you know blake wesley is very raw as we've mentioned and so he'll probably be in austin but i think once he really learns that knows to not go up with it every single time and learns that kind of tony parker thing that i was talking about earlier to drive inside and then if it's not there to just keep pushing and, and go back outside of the wing um or the perimeter and then pass or even just pass out like i mentioned um, I think that he, that, that pen, the skill though, that he has with penetration is something that's going to be beneficial to the Spurs once he gets a little bit more controlled, uh, and improves his decision-making, but still something to watch, uh, definitely. And, you know, thanks for, you, you got to keep it real, Isaac. You can't, you can't just be like, oh, he's going to be great no matter what. So I appreciate that. But anyways, y'all, Ethan is going to be back soon. I promise it won't just have to be me for forever, but if you enjoyed this, don't forget to like and subscribe and also follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero and at Jude McLaren to stay locked and loaded to everything SSPN. Hopefully I can get, he'll be free uh, after this or for the next summer league game that we have. So we can do a dual little recap and get his perspective on these young guys. But in the meantime, if you want to get some merch for SSPN, go and head over to SpursTubeTV.com. Appreciate y'all for hanging out one more time. We'll be back with some more Summer League content, and we appreciate y'all. See y'all later. This has been SSPN.